Today's selection from Calvert Library's digital collection is I Survived, the Japanese Tsunami of 2011, written by Lauren Parshis. Chapter 1, March 11th, 2011, 2.46 p.m., Shogahama, Japan. At first, the wave was tiny. It was just a ripple in the huge Pacific Ocean, but it moved quickly, faster than a jet. And as it got closer to Japan's coast, it got bigger. It grew and grew until it was a monstrous wall of water, dozens of feet high, hundreds of miles long. It destroyed everything in its path. The wave smashed into crowded cities, knocking down buildings, swallowing factories, chewing up highways and bridges. It washed away beautiful villages, flattening pine forests and turning rice fields into seas of mud and garbage. In quiet fishing towns, boats tumbled like dice into the streets, smashing into shops and homes. 11-year-old Ben Kudo saw the wave coming as he stood on a street in the tiny village of Shogahama. At first, it looked to him as if a cloud of smoke was rising up over the ocean. Was it a ship on fire? But then a siren blared. Terrified voices shouted out. Ben didn't speak Japanese, but he understood one word. Tsunami! Seconds later, the huge, foaming black wave crashed into the shore. Ben and his family thought they could race away from the wave in a car, but the water caught them. And suddenly, Ben was all by himself. The wave grabbed Ben and sucked him under. The churning water twisted him, tore at him, spun him around like a bird caught in a tornado. Terror screamed through his body. He was drowning. He fought with all his might, but the water wouldn't let him go. It was as though he was in the jaws of a ferocious monster, and there was no escape. Chapter 2 7.45 a.m. that morning, Shogahama, Japan The score was tied with ten seconds to go. Ben grabbed the ball and dribbled down the court. He zigzagged around guys who seemed ten feet tall. The crowd cheered. As usual, Dad's voice rose up above the rest. You can do it, Ben! The clock was counting down. Four. Three. Two. Ben shot the ball. It sailed for the basket and hung in the air. Ben's eyes flew open. He sat straight up in bed, drenched with sweat, breathing hard. It took him a few seconds to remember that he wasn't at home in California. He was at his uncle's house in the tiny village of Shogahama, Japan. His five-year-old brother, Harry, had been asleep next to Ben. Now Harry was up, too. Scary dream? Harry asked, putting a little hand on Ben's clammy back. Ben shrugged off Harry's hand. Not too bad, Ben said, careful to keep his voice from shaking. He never wanted Harry to know that he felt sad or scared. And besides, a dream about Dad was never a bad dream. It was waking up that was torture, remembering all over again that Dad was gone. He had died four months ago in a car accident near the California Air Force Base where they lived. 
Dad had been an F-16 pilot for the U.S. Air Force. He'd flown dangerous missions all over the world. And he died on a California highway on his way home from picking up a box of donuts for Ben and Harry. A few months before the accident, Dad had announced a big surprise. A family trip to Shogahama, the fishing village in Japan where Dad had lived until he was ten. They would go in March, during Ben's school vacation. They would stay with Dad's uncle, Tomeo. They all called him Ojisan, the Japanese word for uncle. Ben had always dreamed of visiting Shogahama. Ojisan was more like a grandfather to him than a faraway uncle. He'd come to visit them in California several times over the years. Ben had heard so many stories about Dad's life growing up in the village, he couldn't wait to see it for himself. But not without Dad. Ben couldn't believe it when his mom announced they were still taking the trip. He'd begged her to cancel, but Mom never changed her mind. Don't be tricked by that sweet smile, Dad used to say. Mom had been in the Air Force, too, before she had Ben. She's tougher than all of us, Dad always said with a proud smile. Mom wanted to go to Shogahama, and so here they were. Harry got out of bed, his Darth Vader pajamas drooping on his bony shoulders. Ojisan's cat, Naya, was asleep at the foot of the mattress. Harry scooped her up. The cat had to be a hundred years old, her black fur rubbed away in places. She was small and scrawny with a crooked tail that looked like the letter Z. Instead of saying, meow, she had a shriek that hurt Ben's ears. Ben wished Harry would ignore the cat so she would leave them alone. But Harry had decided that Naya was a Jedi cat, Darth Vader's special assistant. And somehow, the old cat didn't mind being dragged around the house as Harry played his Star Wars games, chasing invisible enemies with his lightsaber. Now Harry rubbed his cheek against Naya's head and looked at Ben with bright eyes. "'Will you help me climb the tree after breakfast?' he asked. "'I need to make my wish.' "'Not that again.' One of the stories Dad told about Shogahama was that the cherry trees were magic. If you climbed to the top of a tree, Dad said, you could make a wish. Ben knew Dad was just telling fairy tales, but Harry believed in everything. For the whole week, Harry had been eyeing the cherry tree in Ojisan's small front yard, waiting for the rain to stop so he could climb to the top. Now, the sky was bright blue, and Harry was ready. You know what I'm going to wish for? Harry said, leaning in close. His coppery eyes sparkled. I'm going to wish for Dad to come back to us. The words hit Ben right in the throat. Harry, he said sharply, you know Dad is gone and you can't bring him back. Tears sprang into Harry's eyes. You'll see, he cried, turning and running out of the room with Naya tight in his arms. Suddenly, Ben was crying too. He stood up quickly, angrily wiping away tears as he pulled himself together. Ben had to be tough like Dad. During Dad's last tour in Afghanistan, when Ben was a baby, the engine of Dad's F-16 exploded. He had to eject from the plane over enemy territory. He broke his ankle when he parachuted down, but he still managed to escape into the mountains before enemy fighters found him. For six days, he had hidden in a cave until he was finally rescued by a helicopter filled with U.S. Marines. 
Ben could picture Dad standing in the darkness with steely eyes, never once stopping to moan or cry. And that's how Ben was determined to be. He went to find Harry. He guessed there was no harm in helping him climb a tree. But Ben was too late. He was walking towards the kitchen door when he heard Harry scream. He ran outside, and there was his little brother, lying in a heap under the cherry tree. He was covered in blood. If you enjoyed these chapters and are hungry for more, this title is available in ebook form through Libby and audiobook form through Hoopla. If you're enjoying Book Bites, please don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if there are books or genres you'd like to hear, email us at calvertlibrarybookbites at gmail.com. Visit calvertlibrary.info for more information and stay tuned for more Book Bites.